0: Welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Games Club, here, of course, at Super NPC Radio. This is your bi-monthly book club style episode where your favorite buds from the Super NPC Radio Toon Linkiverse. That was much more appropriate for the last one I hosted when we talked about Wind Waker. Get together to discuss nearly the entire library of mainline Zelda Games in honor of the 35th anniversary. Because you know We respect the franchise. We're at least going to honor it. Uh, we'll see what Nintendo does. Uh, these episodes are currently only available exclusively on our Patreon at the $10 DJ Toad tier. So shout out to all the patrons who are listening right now live with us. Uh, there's no one live, but you can imagine that if you're at home. And then if you're listening to this in the near future, um, possibly December, or maybe sometime you're discovering this year's down the road looking for good Zelda content, thanks for joining us. Uh Yeah. Enjoy this, because they're all available, except I swear we will never talk about Triforce Heroes. I am your host for this one, Connor McCabe, and today we will be discussing uh, The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess. What a game. I'm joined, of course, by three fantastic compatriots. First, we have uh, someone who we have truly trying to not have on these episodes, but he keeps coming back, and that is... One of the three amiibos, July Diaz, welcome. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you you do that on every uh, podcast we do. So it would be special today, but you just howl like a wolf, because you're just such a guy's guy.
1: Yeah, that's not related at all to wolf link at all. It's just I just that's sort of my siren call. That's my kind of <laughs> a
0: catchphrase. It's your siren call and your catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Well, July, um, I don't think I've done one of these with you since Majora's Mask. So, welcome back. That was a fantastic one. We'll see if we can keep it up. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I've been asleep since then. Oh, my gosh. You look great. I have to say. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Caught Um, up on a lot of uh, beauty rest. Yeah. And it's really paying off. Uh, We have another. Hey, my eyes are up here, Connor. Okay, you're grounded. Uh, We have another returning champion of the Legend of Zelda Games Club uh, podcast. Didn't give July any special intro, so sorry, July, but host of the Nintendo Cartridge Society podcast and general solid dude, Patrick Ellers. Welcome back.
2: I cannot believe the Triforce Heroes slander that we are starting this episode with. Connor, I cannot believe it. The game is a good time get two buds together and tackle some zelda dungeons together uh you won't have a better saturday afternoon
0: let me tell you because i just experienced that and it was so
2: much yes. fun
0: um hearing you talk about that today on your uh podcast did make me think i should do this at some point um so and i'm sure it's kind of like it's a similar thing to four swords adventures where unless you had the which it's a lot easier to do actually than playing that game ever was with friends um but yeah i think once you do it it's probably a lot more fun than it was than it's made out to be uh uh, by history at this point uh,
2: yeah and true you do need to be in the room with two other people with three ds's uh and they all have to have copies of the game uh and you have to be comfortable shouting at each other and then then you'll have a great time
0: Wow. Well, uh, shouting at my friends is, uh, one of the things I'm very good at. So I think I'll have to give it a shot. Uh, welcome back. You were recently on the Oracle of ages episode, So, uh, you really persevered, um, through that game that we struggled through together as much as I genuinely really liked it. Uh, persevered through 70% of that game. (laughs) Hey, so that's about as much as I get through most games that I play. I'm not a bit. I, that's about how far I get before leaving. Um, We have someone else joining us uh, for his lone episode of The Legend of Zelda Games Club, uh, recently featured on a Call Me By Your Game co-op episode uh, discussing It Takes Two, an actual co-op game, PJ McCormick. Welcome back. Hey,
3: thanks for having me. It's great being here.
0: (gasps) Oh, Oh, no. I have to point out, um, I'm really scared that you all have turned into wolves. So, Patrick, that was a really good wolf impression from this game. I was trying. I was trying to do the wolf song that he does. That's good. And, and PJ's is kind of like a helium balloon. You just got to, like, let it
3: go out. Uh, well, welcome back, PJ. Sorry, that wasn't related to the game. An ambulance just went by outside my window. Oh, and you had to bark at it? Uh, no, I just had to match the tone. Okay, mm. <laughs> okay, cool. Just well, in case there were any other dogs, maybe pups that are in danger.
0: Oh, sure. I got to
3: let everyone in the neighborhood know it's kind of a thing I do. It's a wow. twilight bark. Yeah. How What's selfless. That? It's the twilight bark. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, that's how I co- that's kind of like my co-op in a oh. way. But I don't have to be in the room. I can be in a different room in a different building you know, like modern technology. Right. It's sort of like your text. You're texting or you're tweeting.
0: <laughs> Just yeah, when I think I have like that. nothing more to learn about you, PJ, you, you bring a nugget like that, and here we are. Um, well, thank you three for joining me uh, for yet another. Uh, and you're nearing your, Oh, thank you, July. Nearing the end. You're welcome. Our, oh, Patrick. Wow, thank you so much.
3: Um, you're welcome, Connor. We're kind of like the Triforce heroes, of this you, podcast you kind of yeah. are
0: and again like i was saying i think before we started before you even got here pj really not liking the camaraderie forming between the three of you uh it's it's a you're too excited you're too happy to be here um and you're you're ganging up but we'll let it we'll let it happen we'll just we'll i'll be the cool dad today um Welcome back for another one of our Zelda Games Club episodes. We are nearing the end of our journey um, as we only have a handful of games left to go. Today we're going to be discussing, as I already said, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, uh, the 2006 game originally released for the Wii and the GameCube um, and uh, eventually ported to the Wii U. Um, But before um, we talk about... That's funny, I realize I got a, I got a typo in my, in my thing. Um, before we talk about uh, the game itself, I would love to get a little backstory from a few of you on your uh, personal experiences. We're changing it up, we're doing this first. So July, I would love to hear from you. Um, what sort of experience do you have with this game? So I remember
1: uh, being really disappointed when Wind Waker was announced. Oh, you were a cool were- guy, huh? Yeah, I wasn't down with the the, the art style back then. Now how I am. How old were you at Loved the time, it. by the way? Not going to share that information. I almost got him every time. Not going to say how old I was, but let's just say I was uh in diapers. Oh,
0: every time.
1: Uh, and I was a baby. But um, <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I I I get you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so when Twilight Princess got announced, I was like, yes, this is. The next-gen mm-hmm. Zelda that I've been wanting since Ocarina of Time yes. and Majora's Mask. And uh, I got it for the GameCube. I, Whoa. I think I... Because I, I recently played through it, the HD version on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And I was getting memories of like, okay, this I remember this, I remember this. I think I must have stopped up to the Water Temple and never beat it. Oh,
0: wow. So pretty early.
1: Yeah. And gotcha. then when I got a Wii, I also got it for the Wii, and I also didn't finish it. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I remember loving uh, my initial playthroughs with it, but this time around, and I'm sure we'll get to it, we'll plant a, a Deku seed. Oh, uh, look at we'll, you. We'll talk about it, uh, I'm sure. But riding around with the Pona as cool as a mechanic that is and you're you're able to like fight on opponent. I was having a lot of struggles just (laughs) trying to hop over fences yes um and just kind of like you know moving yourself uh, pretty sure
3: you just run into it right yeah but it's so pretty much automated so hard it's so (laughs) hard
1: PJ I know it sounds like it's easy but it did take me 20 minutes to to
3: do it at one point and i played it a little bit yesterday over at Connor's house. I'm pretty sure you don't even have to press the forward button for Epona to, I to know, gallop.
1: I, I know, and it sounds like that's easy. <laughs> but I I guess I should explain that. I was playing it blindfolded. It does, in fact, sound easy, yeah. I was playing it blindfolded and with my hands behind my back, so in a basement. Okay,
0: well, that explains a lot. I mean, you could have led with yeah. that part. but Sorry, but, I so should have said that. Did, that's interesting that you... Both times trying to get through the game early on before you played the Wii U version, that you stopped at a similar place. Did you just have like too much preschool going on? Like what, or what? Do you remember at all? Yeah, if, did yeah. Did you get I distracted?
1: Think, yeah, I was a, I was a rambunctious kid, and I think I was doing a lot of poopies in my diaper or something oh, at that time. Okay. I don't know. Such a long time ago.
0: Very much like the baby that talks in this game. That's pretty much. Uh, what you you must have been exactly like at the time
1: oh yeah I was very much a entrepreneur
0: in starting my own <laughs> shop Molly, yeah uh, mm-hmm. wow interesting and then you came back um, was this your this was your first time I think you said playing the Wii U version and did you play all yeah. the way through I played the whole thing wow. I recently wow.
1: a couple days ago finished it good for you loved it uh, I do think it really gets going once you're able to transform back and forth from Mm -hmm. wolf link and human link um but man this this and then again we'll get to it i'm sure but all the other history and its connection to the other games is so amazing and i i love it i love its connection to ocarina of time especially uh with
3: uh the training
1: training sequences they don't let you
0: forget it this game loves yeah. Arena at time yeah uh, but hey so do I so is that, is that I? why it copied it exactly yeah I, you know I th- I'm thinking yeah it's in, you know I guess imitation is the highest form of flattery is that the phrase I believe sincerest form of flattery this is why we have you on the show and speaking of you Patrick what is your experience with Twilight Princess <clears throat> I so I got
2: Twilight Princess on the Wii before I uh, was able to secure a Wii for myself. Um, the, the game came out, uh, the year after I graduated from college, also still in diapers. Cool. Um, and, (laughs) and, uh, I was, I I was working as a, as a hall director, um, at the college that I had graduated from. So I was still living on campus, basically had an apartment in, uh, one of the dorms. Um, and, you know, like kind of oversaw the, uh, RA staff in the building. Right.
0: This is like roughly the same time as your dead rising adventures,
2: it's exactly the same time as my Dead Rising adventures. I, That's right.
0: This is it's. I don't know if this is a thing that everybody does, but like I know certain moments in people's life, whether it's because I've heard them talk about it or we discussed it on my show. But I'm almost like nostalgic for your time period. I <laughs> then, know. I know. You keep so prompting me to talk about it. <laughs> yes, I do.
2: <laughs> um, so you know the 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 Wii and this game came out in 2006, um, like towards the end of 2006, and uh, I remember going to my my responsibilities were mostly um, at night, right? Like make sure the college kids in Wisconsin don't drink themselves to death was yeah. like the, the top line job responsibility yeah. for a hall director at a college in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that meant that during the day I was freed up to do kind of whatever I wanted. Um, and around the release of the Wii, that was going to the two different Walmarts in town, the two different uh, Toys R Us the target uh to see if any of them had Wii's in stock. Wow. Um and none of them did for weeks and weeks and weeks, but on my very first outing I was like, well, I'm going to play Zelda no matter what, so I picked up a copy of Zelda for the Wii so it would be ready to go um yes. the second I I finally got my hands on that uh on that thing. Um and so when I eventually did get the Wii um which I was so excited about, it was like like drew me back to video games. I was yeah. like sort of on a little hiatus from them. Partially because, you know, I was in college and like busy um, and partially just because like, I don't know, games were trending in that like just sort of like violent and stupid uh, direction mm-hmm. that like a lot of them are still. But like, you know, wh- wh- whatever, um, it, it wasn't appealing to me specifically at yeah. at that time. Um, and so when I finally got uh, Zelda back to my apartment, when I finally got WarioWare Smooth Moves, when I finally got Ooh. Wii Sports, um, just these games that people could like wander into my apartment and play with me. Um, that's like when I started to like love games again. Yeah. Um, and uh, to me Twilight Princess was a co-op game. It was people mm-hmm. wandering into my apartment. Uh, watching me play (laughs) Um, and uh, like yelling at me when I picked up a new item to be like, Oh yeah, we we saw those tracks, you know, in this Canyon, you should take that spinning gear thing over there. And me being like, Oh yeah, shit. Um, So like that's uh, that, that my, my first experience with the game was so communal and so uh, like other people focused um, that uh, it made me scared to revisit it when it came out on Wii U. So I was like, I had to play it by myself now, <laughs> um, but then I did, and I played it again, and I and I loved it. Awesome, goodness! And you've you've been dabbling in it lately, correct? I've been dabbling. I did not get far in my in my most recent playthrough. Um, the game feels very much like a, and I I, I said this on um, Nintendo Cartridge Society yesterday, um, but the game feels very much like a Dragon Quest game, where like you just sort of want to sample bits and pieces of it every night. Sure. Um, instead of like I don't know the the thought of mainlining this game right now feels exhausting to me and mm-hmm. I know it J- July were, were you sort of like mainlining it I was trying to
1: and I get I totally get what you're saying is I just had to be like okay I'm going to carve some time today to just do like an hour or two and yeah. then take a break and then continue the next day and uh, I, I I enjoyed it more doing it that way than just trying to barrel through the whole thing at once
2: yeah
0: yeah i can i can relate to that too um any sort of but i mean we're gonna talk about the broad strokes but for you um patrick any sort of just like general baseline feelings like what's your sort of like thesis statement on how you feel about this game if you've got one?
2: Oh, i love it uh, it's uh th- this is has got some of the best zelda dungeon design of of any of the 3d 3d oh, games yeah. Um, It also delivers on like number of dungeons. Um, I haven't Mm -hmm. counted them, but it's like six or seven dungeons uh, and they're all um, like kind of twisty and puzzly and fun. Uh, The combat in this game is super rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also just deeply weird. Everything looks and sounds strange. Um, And it's, it's an aesthetic that I find uh,
0: appealing and off-putting at the same time. Um, I, I really love Twilight Princess. Awesome. Gosh, as, as the two of you have been talking, I've wanted to, like, already dive in on a few things that we brought up, but we'll, we'll save it for the big book club part. Um, PJ McCormick, it's been a while since you've touched this game. You got to brush up a little last night. You've watched some videos. What do you remember slash what is your history with Twilight Princess?
3: Well, let's go back to 2007. <sighs> I'm a young buck transitioning into being a man. Also in diapers? An adult, also in diapers, still in diapers to this day. Oh, nice. Um, You know, I was fresh out of high school. I'm in in community college, not giving a shit, not listening, not paying attention, skipping class. (laughs) Cool guy. I graduated community (laughs) college with a two point, I graduated community college with a 2.15 GPA. Wow. And then I got into university. And Twilight Princess had a lot to do with that. Um, I needed a <laughs> <an adrenaline laughs> fix. Were you getting into
0: university or your GPA? <laughs> my GPA dropped. Oh, okay. The, the administ- uh, administration wasn't like, oh my gosh, have you seen on his resume extracurriculars finish Twilight Princess?
3: He just said L-O-Z-T-P. Wow. <laughs> I let them figure it out.
0: Uh,
3: so... You know, I'm looking for an adrenaline fix. I hear a lot about this Wii Sports that's taken over the nation. So I get myself a Wii and I get my workouts in, you know, my, my heavy training, my heavy lifting. Of course. And then I was not fortunate enough to have a Nintendo growing up. The only, the only Nintendo machine I had was a Game Boy. So I did play Link's Awakening yes. as a kid and I love that game. That was like my first Grand Theft Auto, open world. I can do anything. I can go shopping in this game. You know, yeah. you can steal so, shit. <laughs> you can steal shit. You know. Yes. So, um, so I pick I pick up Legend of Zelda because I missed the boat on three D Zelda games. I never got to play, um, Ocarina of Time. Never played Majora's Mask. Certainly, as a testosterone fueled young man, absolutely avoided Wind Waker because it was too childish for me. Right? Checks out so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Damages my fragile ego. So I felt I, that I, as a kid. <laughs> I was right there with you. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I saw it was like a mature Zelda game, I was all about it popped it in and I just, you know, I played that instead of studying instead of like taking my classes seriously. That was a great distraction for me. Um, and I just loved the open world. I loved going around the, you know, desolate plains of Hyrule because back then it was cool. I guess nowadays it's barren, but, um, I have a lot of fond memories of like crossing that bridge Mm -hmm. where I had that duel, uh, yeah. So that I I think that uh, my fondest memory is the fact that it was my first 3D Zelda game. All right. So it holds a special place in my heart for that.
0: That's cool. I'm so glad I got the three biggest edge lords I know to be on this particular episode. This is perfect. Um Wait, he, how did I earn How did I earn that? <laughs> Patrick, you're the fir- you're the first you're the king edge lord, of course. Oh, Everyone all right, knows all this. Right. Um uh I'll edit out the part where you asked that so you seem way more confident about it. Uh, PJ, (laughs) I've gotten asked these two on the show, and you sort of just started to walk us down. Um, As far as your history with the Zelda series goes, obviously you played Link's Awakening. Um, You've played Twilight Princess. Have you played any of the other games in the series?
3: I dabbled, you know, I went back. I I think uh, as we were talking, I was like, I think I had a GameCube at one point in my life. And I think there was like a demo of Ocarina of Time. And I was like, holy shit, I got this game for free somehow. Maybe I, it came with some other game. And I remember playing and I was like, cool, first dungeon, that's it. And then it just like ends. And then I realized, oh, oh. this is a demo for the full game of the remake of Ocarina of Time.
0: Oh, the port um, they did.
3: Exactly. Yeah. The remake Interesting. So uh, I played that, and I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, I played Breath of the Wild, um, Mm. meaning to, like, replay that just for, like, you know, calming my nerves and the ASMR tingles and all that. (laughs) (laughs) But that game is phenomenal. Um, Other than that, I don't think I've actually played any other Zelda games. Cool. But I appreciate them. I like them. Um, But, man, I don't have fucking time to play (laughs) these games anymore, so... That's why I'm watching uh, Twitch streamers nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: Um, Well, thank you. Thank you, all of you three. But it it turns out that I've got a little little history with my game. You are my game. I've got a little history with this game. You're welcome. As well. Oh, you're so also polite the most polite edge Lords I've ever known. Um, I was a Zelda freak by the time this thing came out. I, uh, Cut my teeth on the N64 with Ocarina of Time. uh, Blew my mind, changed my life. And then Majora's Mask, I adored equally and now is my favorite game, period. I was hyped and loved Wind Waker. I dabbled in Oracle of Ages, but I was ready for this game when it came out. And I so desperately wanted a Wii so bad. I remember trying out a Wii at my youth pastor's house, which was like my... Favorite part about him, unfortunately. A nice guy, but, like, the the Wii was cool as hell, everyone. Um, And uh, I asked for it for Christmas, but it was one of those things where I was like, I've never gotten a brand-new console, like, for Christmas. This is probably not going to happen. But it did. I got a Wii, and, uh, of course, it comes with Wii Sports, and Twilight Princess for Christmas. It was all I ever could have wanted. Hell, yeah. Santa came through. Santa in the clutch, um, also in diapers at the time. And of you were Santa, both of us. Uh, okay. it was one of those like, sp- uh, Spider-Man pointing me moments when I saw him, uh, cause I caught him of course. Um, but my grandparents from St. Louis were caught him kissing at the Tom. Him. Yeah. is a, a diaper.
1: Yeah. An upside uh, down kiss
0: like Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of layers to this Christmas and I'm trying to leave all the Santa stuff out of it. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, my grandparents were visiting at the time, and I had a really great relationship with them, loved them, but all I wanted to do over this Christmas break in high school was play Twilight Princess. And my mom, I remember, had to have a talk with me and be like, hey, they're only here for a couple more days. Please just cool it on the
3: game. Were they terminally ill?
0: (laughs) No, I mean, they were just like old people at the time. Probably like mid 70s or so um kind they, they only have a few days left in yeah. life
2: well hold on wait before we continue down this yes. line
0: are they still with us connor they are no longer with us they, mm, they i totally okay.
2: comfortable making the joke still okay great great i <laughs> they, just want us to have all the information that's yes. all
0: yeah it's been at least a couple years um but uh anyway love this game i remember finishing it i remember um beating it and then going to like a concert in my hometown and thinking and just like really riding a high. Um, I played it a few times throughout the years. I think I played it three times on the Wii. Um, I remember I, I played it once leading up to the release of breath of the wild. I played, um, that game. I played Ocarina Majora, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword all in a row. Kind of like almost what I'm putting myself through this year. Um, but, uh, and then finally, played the HD version over the last month and uh, it's one of those things where I it's been because I've only played the original game like three times and it's been so spaced out it wasn't like a, a world shocker when the map was mirrored for the HD version mm-hmm. um, but like I don't know how if any of you have played the Master Quest in Ocarina but that had me completely disoriented because i know the original map like the back of my hand so um yeah great game and i really like this game this is not one of my favorite zeldas (gasps) i will go over this but i think so many of the components of this game are incredibly strong and incredibly bold and I think they, if you like stacked like them up against, it's
1: like you're breaking up with the game.
0: I, I am. I really, you know, it's not you. It's just, it's me. Um, it's a fantastic game. Um, but I'll get into it. Why? I don't think they, it all works as co- as a uh, cohesively together as, as some of the others that I do prefer. And that I could, I feel like there could be, even be an argument made that I'm wrong. Um, Anyway, let's get into some of the broad strokes of this game. Um, We'll briefly talk about some of the history and context because I do want to spend most of the time on the the book club because I inevitably always spend too much time on the history and context, but here we go for some broad. I hope we talk about E3. Oh, yeah. We talk about a couple of
2: them. (laughs)
0: Okay, so let's go over the broad strokes of this game a little bit, because we've talked about our personal experiences, but what the heck is this game? Um, the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess is the adult, dark Zelda game that many fans are were are convinced that they were promised. And this is, I'm doing some editorializing here, and some this is coming from some personal opinion stuff. Um, we sort of talked about this earlier. July was one of the... One of those who was not excited for the Wind Waker once it was revealed. Yeah. Um, Having a cartoonish link. We've talked about this on the Wind Waker episode, but famously, I believe at like a Space World demo before the GameCube even launched, there was a really cool video of a more realistic adult, not even really adult looking, but more realistic, um, incredible action sequence between Ganon and Link fighting with swords. So are we
3: talking about Shigeru? When he came out with the sword and the shield, I I think that was the same event, was it? Well, I, I think he yeah. came out with a sword and the sh- sword and shield at a uh,
2: at an E3 presentation. That the, the space mm-hmm. world demo was just um, this oh, okay. really cool looking cinematic of Link and Ganon like in a one on one sword fight. Um, yes, and like we I, I know that like whenever uh, like we as a culture revisit the idea of this demo, that we're like it looked really cool but it looked janky as shit. Like, um, it doesn't, it it, even like by, by the standards of any of the Zelda games that they put out, uh, either contemporaneously or after Mm -hmm. it looks crummy. Um, yeah, there's like a, a a weird, um, metal reflective texture that is is. like way too reflective. Um, as though like Ganon is wearing an armor suit made of glass. It's, (laughs) it's crazy.
0: Yeah. I think the, that is, I feel like that is all true. For whatever reason, many of us were captured by it, nonetheless, and you know, just seeing a like a less pointy faced link and less the polygons being less obvious was enticing. So, I think they never said that that's what they were releasing, but it obviously got people excited with it. Wind Waker comes out is initially um, is met with a lot of controversy, is eventually. You know, especially lately, the last five or 10 years, has become an absolutely beloved art style and game. Um, But Twilight Princess was the, I guess, the coming of what a lot of people had thought was going to originally be on the GameCube, uh, which is the console that it was originally developed for, planned for a 2005 release date. um, And the game was delayed for Polish to add additional content and so that it could be ported to the Nintendo Wii probably known as the revolution at the time um, as a launch title in November, 2006. Uh, I still would really love to like the GameCube copies are like heinously expensive now, kind of like any retro game you go on eBay and are they really? Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's r- up there like over $50 and I feel like 50 Dang. might even be a little conservative of a guess right now for a, for a used copy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, oh, okay. um, but I mean, that's
2: how much it would have cost in 2006.
0: So yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. So now it's just back to, it's just back to where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Price. yeah. Um, this game, I will say yeah. I, I yeah.
1: did buy the digital version of, uh, the HD version and it is full price. Like it's almost 60 bucks. It's like 60 to bucks still. And I'm like, that's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah.
3: That is, and it is really that's frustrating. not for a bundle. That's just for that game. Yes.
1: No. just wow. for the game on Wii U
2: to download. And I, but after playing it, I'll say I, I think it was worth it. I think I paid sixty for the uh, for the game and the amiibo bundle together.
0: That's wow, incredible. gosh, I think maybe it was that's 70. nuts. Maybe yeah, maybe I feel like it would. They would have probably jumped that up. But still, man, if you got it for sixty, hats off, Patrick. That's incredible. Um. But uh, initially, the game, it did, a version did come out for the GameCube, but it came out a month later. You know, obviously they're pushing their new console, this Wii, they're hoping for that to do well. And then the HD version that we continue It's good they gave the Wii something, because otherwise it was not, it was floundering. What would they have done? Just red steel? Um, uh, Eventually the HD version came out in March of 2016. Uh, Like many Zelda titles, Twilight Princess is somewhat divisive, uh, but it still achieved critical acclaim upon its release. In fact, I was looking at some of the uh, release and reception notes, and there were several people quoted as saying it was like the greatest Zelda game of all time, if not like the best game, which I feel like this is a pattern in Zelda releases. I feel like, Patrick, you've probably been up on this, but every, even like, I mean, and I actually do really like Skyward Sword for its flaws, but that game got the same sort of treatment.
1: Okay, well oh, yeah. let's not
0: spoil that game on this <laughs> episode. Okay, no spoilers are coming. But just okay, great. just just saying. Yeah, Patrick, just if you came don't came know
1: out. Yeah. Patrick if you don't know, uh, the game mm-hmm.
2: was spoiled for me. Um, that wasn't me though. Jeremy it. did that.
1: No, no, Jeremy did it, but
2: <laughs> in, in we were what not capacity about was the the it spoiled for you? He he described everything that happens in it? <laughs>
1: Basically just explained beat by beat the ending
2: of the game. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a lot. You yeah. shouldn't have done that.
0: Yeah. Where is, um, get him on this call. Get yeah. Jeremy on this call. Call, I'll text him real quick and see if I can interrupt um, his, uh, his night. Uh, that ought to work out really well. Um, yeah. This, this is the sort of thing that happens with all the, a lot of Zelda games. And I feel like a lot of them also go through a period of backlash too. like, all of them, I want to say, do. I, I would feel like there's even a little bit of maybe Breath of the Wild less so and maybe Link Between Worlds less so, but I, I feel like I've still even heard stuff like Zelda that. Zelda 2? Yeah, and that, that's probably stuck around pretty pretty strongly, but people... Gosh, you have. finished that game, right? Piece of junk that game is.
2: Wait, who says anything bad about Zelda 2?
0: That game's Zelda great. Zelda 2 is so bad. <laughs> oh yes let's 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 revisit zelda 2 for a lot of the twilight princess discussion um please I'm gonna, pu- I'm gonna push past that um this game uh follows link a farmhand from ordon village who is swept up in a conflict between his realm and the twilight and as he is swept into the twilight realm he's transformed into a wolf and eventually gains the ability to switch between human and wolf form he is joined then joined by midna of the Twilight Realm as they attempt to hunt down the Emperor Zant, rescue Zelda, and return peace to Hyrule. Um, any other Midna, broad strokes that we should Mid- talk about? Patrick, Midna, go
2: ahead. one of the all-time great uh, Zelda creations. Um, yes, she, uh She is uh, Loki before we got MCU Loki. Um, she uh, has the best, craziest attitude I love. I love the way she beats up Link. It's so satisfying, and in the part of the game where she is injured and you're carrying her on your back, that's um, every time I've played through this game, that moment fills me with like existential dread. Where I'm like, oh no, Midna is hurt. We need to make sure Midna's okay. I love her. I think I think she's the best.
0: Yeah, July any Midna might be the
1: best uh, companion in the series. Uh, although I haven't played Skyward
0: Sword, so. <laughs> I feel we'll like see. she might still. Uh, I don't know if uh, Fee is gonna top top her for you. We'll no see. Though. Spoilers. Hey, no spoilers. No spoilers. La 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 <laughs> um, We uh, for super NPCs recently. Jeremy and I did a whole episode. We've been doing Zelda adjacent content all year. It was uh, our favorite Zelda companions. Um, I and I think actually fin- finishing this game because we recorded it while I wasn't in- near the beginning middle portion. Uh, the King of Red Lions top my personal list, but I think now Midna tops it. Um, and I feel like she is the popular choice. But yeah, she's phenomenal. Uh, absolutely incredible. Has a wonderful arc. Has sort of a similar thing happen. Tragic um, arc. I mean, it is very tragic, and, and we can get into like what you learn about her and her people mm-hmm. in the Twilight Realm, but it's, it's nuts. But yeah, she is so well-known. I mean, the Wolf Link thing is also... Yeah, super. Pat, cool. the, maybe the other thing that this game is known for that you could just turn into a wolf as Link.
2: Um, Midna also, uh, like in her design, sort of like typifies the rest of the game, mm-hmm. where like she's got this like kind of curvy shape to her. So there's like an element Ooh, of like sexuality. No, watch I'm it. going there. How old is she? How
3: old is she? Can we get it? She's can we figure hundreds out how old of she years, old.
2: millions of years old. Still in diapers. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but that she she has both that like sort of like curvy fertility goddess sort of like shape to her, mm-hmm. but is also grotesque, right? Like yeah. she's got this like snaggle tooth and like just like most of the game, I feel like it flirts with being both attractive and repulsive at the same time. And like Midna's the perfect embodiment of that for me.
0: Yeah, that's that's something I hadn't even considered because this game, while having a, you know, a more if you want to call it grown-up, dark, adult art style that uh, you compared sure, to some of the that. previous game. Thank you. Glad, glad you're on board, July. Um, the game also... Sure, liked... I'll call it that. Okay, Patrick's on board, too. Um, anybody else want to go ahead and call it that? Or did we cover... Okay, good. Um, uh, a lot of the designers... Yeah, is I'll like, call it that, too. Okay, you three... You're all on timeout again. Uh, the game does that in its design of the world and the characters really well, too. I'm glad that it wasn't just... While it's not, like, my favorite Zelda art style, I don't <gasps> think they just, you know, went to make, like, a a choice. I like that some of the characters are so bizarre-looking and so specific. Um, kind of in a way that, like, Wind Waker's characters are so specific and cute. These It's almost, like, are like,
3: Lovecraftian, isn't it? Like, it's very uncomfortable the appendages that come out of them. Uh yeah. the sliminess. Those, the Twilight guys, especially those uh
2: those things that like come out of those like portals yeah. that you have to kill all three at one uh-huh. time. Um, yeah.
0: they're yeah, they're they're all like appendages and and tentacles. Yeah. Even I would say like um Russell, who's a character that you meet in the village and have he's he's there throughout the game. His face is like <laughs> Is what is it funny that his name's Russell? <laughs>
3: just, yeah, of all the character names in the game, they go, they go with Russell. It's so yes. funny.
0: Yeah. Well, he's got a face, I mean, that is so long Um mm-hmm. that I might even ask him why the long face. He's got the long face, yeah. He, he does. So, you know, it's not Those just... a long, long face. Okay, you cut it out, mister... Okay, yeah, like I said briefly, I just want to touch on some of the uh, additional release and reception and development stuff about this game. We've gotten to talk about some of the broad strokes of that, which is really wonderful. One of the few things I did want to discuss was uh, this game was actually originally a uh, designed, began its design and development as a sequel to The Wind Waker. Mm -hmm. So at some point they did plan to make uh, Wind Waker 2 for the GameCube which I mean I, I it's easy to say in hindsight but it feels like they made the absolute right choice to n- just put that stuff on the DS and really go for what a lot of people were hoping for I think I don't know how you all feel
1: I think they heard the fans call right and they were for for the sort of more mature looking Zelda
0: game and that's why they decided to change direction with it must have um I I I would assume that it played some part in it. I guess, also that Nintendo of America had came to Akiyama, who is the director of this game, in the previous game, and I also think, Majora's Mask, um, uh, came to him, and talked about this how the sales were sluggish for the game, and thought that it was yeah because of the art style. Right. Um But yeah, so I guess they eventually they just decided to make this a a completely different game, but sort of. Apparently, I I can't really tell. Made it in the Wind Waker's engine. Um, at least it's there- a, it, It's interesting to
2: think about, like why that's the road Nintendo goes down, though. Because, like, yeah, they're getting like some sort of blowback for the Wind Waker art style, but with the Wii, they're courting the like Blue Ocean strategy, like everyone can play games. Um, and if you're just like showing these two art styles to like a, a wide audience. Um, which one feels like the more like attainable, attractive one. And I,
0: I, I feel like wind waker is the obvious answer to that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That it's probably just, it's a different answer for gamers, I guess, in the mid two thousands. Um, but that, I, I think that tracks very well, Patrick that, yeah, to like a wide audience, kids, families, like, yeah, wind waker probably is the more appealing for sure. Art style. Um, Yeah, that is so bizarre because they do everything almost completely different with the Wii's library and the Wii's, uh, I guess, accessibility um, being just like you said.
2: One, I wonder if that ends up being part of what the Wii's alchemy was, right? That like it it would end up being a platform for, you know, your parents and nursing homes and stuff like that. Yes. Um, But it still had like a handful of games that like the gamers with a Z Uh, you know, wanted to play like Twilight Prince.
0: Yeah, they probably were like, we got to have at least a few on here so that they buy our consoles too. Uh, Gosh, yeah. Um, Apparently there was also some inspiration from uh, the Lord of the Rings novels and movies. The movies had just finished their run in 2003 when this game began development. Um, This is something that's listed in the Wikipedia article, Uh and it was one of those times where I was just like, is this just something that someone inserted based on speculation? And I went to the footnote, and I guess that um, one of the producers uh, had heavily, uh, not just hinted, but hinted that they had in fact been influenced by the movie, talking about an epic fantasy movie, which was very popular at the time, and after reexamining the situation said to ourselves, let's do this thing. So, And I feel like you could see some of those parallels throughout the game, especially how, you know, something we didn't even talk about in the Broad Strokes is how cinematic this game is. Yeah, And then yeah, you run into Smeagol at one point. <laughs> yeah, Smeagol uh, Makes an is, appearance in the game. Yeah, really. So, you know, I guess it's fair to say that it had a little L-O-T-R influence. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you can see it in that... What, what's
2: the name of the uh, the big fat uh, Bokoblin who... King, uh, I think King Boblin. Yeah, King yeah. Boblin, uh, that he's, you know, riding a boar in a very, like warg rider kind
0: of way like it, it it attracts that there's Lord of the Rings in this absolutely um July earlier in this episode this is one of the last things I really want to talk about in the development but uh, July talked about the e3 um, presentation where they revealed um, Twilight Princess that's where Miyamoto came out with the shield and the sword July did you have anything to say about that or were you just hoping it got brought up
1: no I was pre- I just want to say it was pretty cool. Was pretty
0: cool, yeah. I mean, it's it. it hints Everyone, at a lot of... if you
1: haven't seen it, you should watch it because I recently rewatched it, and
0: the hype was real. It was. It's cool. It's it's it is borderline. Like, it's not quite the degree of what I felt when I re- what I feel when I rewatched the um, reveal of Smash Melee at an E3. I did watch that one right after. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. one is much better. That is goosebumps inducing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that other one, you can hear the crowd. It's it's really exciting, um, and really bring really brings me back.
2: Was that was that e three two thousand five or e 3 Um. Oh, it's it. What I see here is it was uh two thousand four. Two thousand four. Okay. Because mm. when 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 they showed it off um uh, originally and with like the Wii remote and everything, um they still hadn't done the. Um, flipping of the um, oh, of yeah. the of the y, wait the X axis yeah um, so the sword controls were on the motion controls of the nunchuck um, whoa yeah it's wild looking um, and like the, the whole UI is uh, w- way different and they obviously found a more elegant solution in just putting
0: the sword in Link's right, ha- right hand and flipping the whole game interesting it's it's funny because they probably could have still just done the game that way but i don't think they wanted you to think because the nunchuck obviously didn't really have motion capabilities mu- as much it was more it had of a like gyro gestures yeah, it, it,
2: it could read when you were shaking it which yeah. is
0: i mean the wii remote couldn't do too much more than that it could yeah. point but yeah this it would have been enough for this game it seems though and you can still use yeah. the nunchuck for all the aiming that's that is interesting um Anyway, uh, that's really it for development. Unless somebody had anything they want to say, and sort of what we covered in reception earlier is that this was, upon release, res- uh, met with critical acclaim and extreme commercial success. I think um, it. While well, I'm looking here, Metacritic gave it a 95 out of 100 they, on the Wii and 96 for GameCube. I mean, we're looking at like unanimous nines, nine and a halfs out of ten. Four and a half out of five stars, A pluses from OneUp, who I guess gave grades. I didn't know OneUp.com gave just like letter grades. Yeah, um, and
2: uh, yeah, it is the second best-selling Zelda game of all time. Wow, wow, Breath of the
0: Wild's the only one that's topped it. Yeah, Breath of the Wild has blown it away at this point. But yeah. yeah, goodness. Uh, I wonder if Skyward Sword HD has a chance to. I wonder how well that's actually doing. Like, hmm. is it possible that that could ever get over... We go again talking That's about this little...
1: game. We're not... We're yeah, not, we're back. We're, we're, this is not the Skyward Sword
0: episode. I'm oh, sorry, it's this the Skyward right. Sword episode? You've turned my words against me. But yeah, <laughs> to Patrick's point, I guess as of 2015, it had sold 8.85 million copies worldwide. Um, And and of course, a small thing, Um, but maybe we'll talk about it in the legacy. But eventually this led to the release of one of the greatest <laughs> Zelda games ever. Link's Crossbow Training, which I have still yet to play. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. um,
3: Link's Crossbow Training. Oh, go ahead, PJ. That came with an attachment, right? Mm -hmm. And that attachment was pretty much just for that game, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, I, I, I learned some info about that and how I think Miyamoto wanted Link to... Had Zelda, and a Zelda game for that attachment for it to have a story like uh, Terminator 2 and give Link a gun. <laughs> this is for real. Really? This up. <laughs> and I think everyone was like vetoed and was like no that we don't want that and so that became the,
0: the crossbow training game. That's incredible. Wow. Um, pa- Patrick on a recent episode of uh, NCS you and Mark were talking about bringing these Zelda games I think to the modern age or like how you would port them nowadays and you had some pretty fun ideas for this game that made me really want that version of it that you pitched
2: I mean it, it was basically just taking uh, all of the all of light gun game history and dumping it into the, the Link's crossbow training engine um, so you could just you know do duck hunt in there you could do lethal enforcers you could do uh, you know house of the dead and just like put Link in those scenarios it'd be great love that yeah, one more could you ever want? Um, um, Link's Crossbow Training is the sixth best selling Zelda game of all time. Wow. The Wii, baby.
0: The Wii. That's incredible. Wow. Welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Games Club, here to discuss Twilight Princess, and we've made it to the book club portion. Uh, it's, it's always a feat, if I can do that, before we get there, before an hour of recording, and we're at the 51-minute mark. We so, did it. Yeah, we did it. Uh, let's get into it. Um, this we, We've sort of talked to each about our general feelings in the game, but where I would like to start, I feel like a good spot, is... The um, The beginning. Not necessarily, but oh, okay. uh, I' going be
1: hopping around
2: a but the, bit. The, the beginning leaves such an impression, though, and is like is one of the parts of the game that's like cited as a a knock against it. Right, that it takes so long to get out of ordon Village, yeah, and that you're doing so much that doesn't feel like the rest of the game, um e- even though it plants the seed for how you uh, execute the boss fight at the very end of the game, yeah. Um, that they're almost like too disparate, and there's too much time that lapses between them. They actually feel like you're going full circle. I didn't even think of that.
0: Yeah, tossing wow. the goats is the just like fighting Ganon. Yeah, yeah. Who wow. knows? And you think Link had a flashback? They don't show us. I wish they would have had a flashback moment to just the goat, just him tossing the goat. I just wish you would have had to do it at any other point during the game. Yes. Like
2: (laughs) for every time I've played it, there's been weeks between when I threw goats and when I fought Gantt. Totally. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's an impossible line to draw, but the game absolutely wants you to do it.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's, that part is so interesting. Um, well, speaking about the beginning of this game, this beginning part gets a lot of criticism. And I think, Generally, fair criticism, in my personal opinion, on the pacing and progression, especially at the beginning. I actually think the pacing of this game, once you get out of here, and I would say probably Lakebed Temple on, is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this beginning, sort of like what Patrick was saying, it's... I mean, don't think you said this explicitly, but it's tutorial after tutorial after tutorial once you learn you know and tutorials are important even in Zelda games like it familiarizes you with the controls and the world and the rules but you do that with link and then before you do anything really as link you're doing that as wolf link as well and i yeah. the wolf link stuff gets you know feel like it's sort of the eye of the beholder situation with that i generally like it even though it's it doesn't really um i don't think it goes Anywhere or really evolves throughout the game like Link's abilities do, but yeah, it's just a lot of tutorials as far as just like that opening chunk. Would um, you want that Wolf Link like
1: got bigger throughout the game?
0: Like yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted bigger. To, actually, I'd prefer if he evolved like a Pokemon. Ooh. Um so like mm. yeah, by the end he's like a, a Wolf Charizard. Is what I'm. Oh, a, straight
1: it, up another Pokemon yeah. because of. The- <laughs> yeah. A yeah. lizard, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to be yeah, a lizard. That makes
2: sense. I mean, uh, uh, he would have to start as like a a, a wolf pup. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Why
0: don't we get to play as puppy Link? I guess he'd have to be a child. Um, who knows? Because it's i am I'm. I'm just. I'm assuming it's a one-to-one. Whoa, whoa, like whoa, whoa,
3: Watch it, guys. Watch it. Talking <laughs> about kids here, okay? No,
0: we're going there, PJ. We're going there. Um, These yeah, Twilight this... kids are billions
3: of years old, PJ. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's yeah, fine. Well, they look young. Um, any... <laughs> and I go by looks. We know, PJ, we've always known this. Um, and it's going to be bad someday for you. Uh, as far as the opening of the game, you know, we haven't even really talked about the story in the world yet. Any general feelings? Because I think, like I said, I think once you get past that stuff, it's great. It's just, it is a slog. It's like two to two and a half hours to, I think, Get to yeah, the, to, first the to the
2: front door of the forest temple. Yeah,
0: totally. It it, it took me
2: about two two hours, fifteen minutes. Um, this wow. this playthrough to get there. Um, the thing that I struggle with is that like I like what they make you do in uh, Ordon Village. Um, I like um, running dumb little errands for people. Mm-hmm. I like having to revisit as a wolf, and they're all scared of you. Um, yeah, like all of that. The game does such a good job of like presenting you with a reality, and then. Um, subverting it within the first two hours, um, but it just doesn't. I don't I, like. I like it, but I'm also I'm also bored by the time I'm done with it. So like
0: I don't I don't really know how to square that. Yeah, July. Anything for you on that? Um, pretty unforgettable <laughs> compared to the rest <laughs> of the
1: game, I'd say. Because you mean
0: pretty forgettable?
1: No, pretty unforgettable.
0: Okay, just checking. Felt like you first feeling something else, but <laughs> I, I wanted feel to like
1: the whole game should have been the first two hours is what i'm trying to say so you're really hoping for an
0: animal crossing style zelda i
1: just loved herding the goats
0: (laughs) yeah
2: also what's wrong with an animal crossing style zelda it'd
0: be so much fun it would
1: be fun that would be fun um no i did mean
0: forgettable (laughs) Oh, okay, gotcha. I sort of thought so. Yeah, and um, having, I mean, not that, you've actually played through this part a couple times too. Did you remember any of this or was this like? I, I did. I did remember exactly I I what tasks you. that I had to do.
1: And Okay. Um, getting the fish for the cat. I already kind of knew to do that mm-hmm. uh, without, without even like talking to uh, the
0: owner of the cat, the shop yes. uh, person. The cat is named after you in this game as well. That cat, I think,
1: it is. That's, yeah, yeah.
0: I didn't even put that together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. it's
0: the opening of this. Yeah, it's 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 tough because I also like. I agree with you, Patrick. I like the stuff you're doing. I like that we're seeing like a, an established link, uh, seemingly you know in his prime, working on this farm. You know, knows other people. Is like having a conversation with Russell at the beginning. PJ's favorite character about. <laughs> He still lives, still lives in a weird little treehouse, though. Like everyone else is living
2: in everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, everyone else is living in like a normal home in the village, and then Link is like, "No, I live in a tree on the outskirts."
0: Yeah. Do you? What do we think is going on there? Do you think they're just trying to be like, "No, he's still separate. Like he's still different enough." uh, I've dived deep into some fan theories
1: about all this, and you know, we'll probably get to it, but the the train in the training montages you you're meeting uh sort of an ancestor of of this link that trains you and oh, gives yes. you these skills and these sort of theories that I've been watching uh, over the past week sort of explain that that link from the Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask mm-hmm. games eventually settled back at uh, Kokuri, what was the original village? Kokuri Forest? Kokuri Forest. Yeah. And that becomes this village. Hmm. And that is actually the same house, tree house that Link has lived in all these years and, Just passed down. Passed down. But again, that's just a theory. I don't know if that's actually legit, but uh, I like to, it's a fun theory. I, I, I like to think that is kind of true.
3: Uh, I, I, heard I hadn't theory. heard. Oh, I want to hear this theory. Oh, uh, the theory. Um, <clears throat> I read this recently that um, it's in the the first two hours of the game is an analogy for puberty, um, because you you know everyone likes you at first. You're doing favors for everyone. Everyone, you know respects you and and they want to hang out with you and then you leave and you go run some errands one day and then all of a sudden you turn into a wolf you know it's like you hit puberty right suddenly you get you get hairier and your tail gets longer and you know your voice drops into like a snarl people People are afraid of you you come back yeah everyone's afraid everyone's threatened by you you know, I'm everyone so feels like you're preying upon them, and so they run away. Um, actually, I'm so I've, upset. It wasn't well a theory; it was tracks. in my notes. That was actually in my notes that I read. That, that from. was your
0: big takeaway from uh, fiddling around with the game last night. Was this <laughs> <laughs> was this puberty theory? Um, yeah. yeah. The Beginning of the game is is a little bit of a slog to get through. I even warned, I think July about it in our in our little text thread before. He picked up the game to start it. Um, but after that point, it's not so bad. Uh, this sort of leads me into wanting to discuss, I guess, just sort of the... Whatever we feel like discussing about the world that we have here, um, whether it's the design or the actual inhabitants and also with the Twilight stuff. I um, The immediate thing that jumps out is just how big and grand everything is to me. Mm-hmm. Not only i mean hyrule field has like multiple sections now and everywhere you go it like lake hylia is is like borderline too big for me it's 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 huge but this game i think achieves what it sets out to do which is having a like grand landscape um in this world and the opposite side of that coin is how dark and i think intimidating the twilight is um but as far as the world goes, um, Patrick, you've you've played this game a few times. Uh, anything that sticks out to you about the world or the or anything you want to talk about that?
2: Uh, well, I, I mean, more, more than the world, like the sort of persistence of the kids from Orden Village hmm. um, that like they keep popping up and they're like a persistent part of the story and sort of like the uh, objectives throughout the game. And the fact that, like, eventually you're, you know, shopping at Mallow's shop in... Uh, Mallow winds up in uh, Hyrule, or in the, the the Castle City, right? Castle yes. Town, yes, he yeah.
0: does. And-
2: <laughs> um, yeah, and that weird little baby creature has been there since the beginning of the game, um, making snide little <laughs> comments. And I just, like, there's that persistence of character that hmm. feels sort of unlike other Zelda games, right? Like, hmm. in... Uh, you know, outside of like Zelda or your um, main companion character, um, they kind of let characters fade into the background after yeah. you're done with them, right? Like, um, thinking of Wind Waker, you know, you are close with your grandmother, and like, and all of that is like part of the game, and then you sail away, and then she doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, and th- this game just does such a good job of like folding all those characters in on each other again. Even something like a the mayor of Orden village that you like Mm. go back to him um, when you're stumped on this Goron thing so that you can like learn that you need to uh, sumo wrestle with them the same way that the the mayor used to like the, all of those sort of like tendrils of story and character that they're persistent throughout the game is really kind of interesting and unique in Zelda game.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the, the thing that might come, the closest to that is perhaps Clock Town in Majora's Mask, and that's the center place from where you, like, as you're playing the game, you always have to reset to there, so you're always revisiting. Whereas in Twilight Princess, it almost seems more like you meet them along your journey, in Kakariko, in Castletown, like you're saying. Well, um, and they move, which is the crazy thing, yeah. right? Like. Uh, in Castletown, you're always
2: coming back to where they are and they're always in, like, about the same place. Mm. Um, or you know their schedule and you have to follow them to, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that they they don't stay put. They seemingly have inner lives and do things that are, like, independent of what Link is up to.
0: And I guess they have no desire to go back to the village because they're like, well, we got kidnapped and now we're out here. Let's do this. Now we live
2: in Kakariko Village.
0: Yes. Uh, with Renato and, and all those other people. Um yeah. Uh July, any world stuff that you wanted to touch on uh that stuck out to
1: you? Um Yeah, I'm I mean this this I guess this is more dungeon stuff, but um I did really enjoy uh the Snow Peak mountain area. Hell
0: yeah. S- oh yeah.
1: Especially that that mansion and getting there, not realizing, oh, this is the dungeon, which is so cool, this huge mansion and how it sort of is way different from all the other dungeons that i played in a Zelda game before yeah. this, where you are kind of uh, led through certain areas at different times by the doors being unlocked by the Yeti's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeti, Rida? I think. Yeah, she's an owl. Is she
2: an owl? <laughs> she's a yeti. She's just
1: a okay. lady
0: yeti, so she's really tiny
2: and cute. Got it. I think. Why? Why? Why does the Why does the man yeti have an enormous
0: ass?
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's he's very thick.
2: He's a thick boy.
1: Yeah, that's what
0: he. That's how he. They attract mates in that culture. It's His ass is bigger than she is. Yeah, it's huge. That's,
1: Speaking of that's that's what she likes him. Um in the forest temple there's like a <laughs> yes, the
0: monkey. The monkey is like tapping oh, yeah. his big red ass at you. It was very mm-hmm. jarring. Yeah. Uh about equally as much ass talk as I was expecting yet on this episode. Well, um, there's way not... more. I just have to remember. Okay. I'm great. sure there's more
1: ass. Yeah, oh, hold, hold on. About... Let,
0: let me just check my notes. No, yeah, it's a Patrick. That's a that's a fizzy can that's an empty right. can that you've got there well july to your point about um the dungeon not realizing that the, that was going to be the dungeon this i think it's um a uh, snow peak mansion might be the full name uh-huh. um one thing that this game and i don't you know there's plenty of zelda dungeons i've played throughout my years uh that are very obviously designed to be dungeons i feel like most of them are that's exactly what they are this is a really great example of one and i think there's others in this game that uh fill, fit in in the wor- with the world really well yeah like organically um feel like dungeons and yeah that one too that's i feel often highlighted as a lot of people's favorite one and is up there for me and speaking i mean speaking of the dungeons I think, Patrick, you mentioned this earlier, how incredible the dungeon design in, is in this game. Yeah, These dungeons are, I think it's about as, I would rate them about as high as I would just about any other series of dungeons in the in series. Um, they are interesting, though. Um, I think a lot of the reason why I love them is the design, the way that they mask their linearity, um, and again, being linear, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I just think they're very quite linear, even though they trick you into thinking they're not. Um, and also like the, the items in that you find in them are, this game has some so goofy
2: good. items, some like really excitingly strange items. Um, Absolutely. the, uh, the, uh, the snowy manor has the, the ball and chain, like the giant ball and chain. I missed so, it. You missed it
1: because I, you know, you fight that mini boss who has the ball and chain, oh, <laughs> and, and then you didn't I pick it up. I didn't because I, I was like, I just went through the the door that opened, and I was like, what? What am I missing here? And then I go back, and then then I realize I can
0: pick it up. because well, it just was, looks like. Like a lot of times when you fight enemies, I mean they'll disappear but sometimes their armor falls off so you probably just thought it was like another piece of the armor.
1: Yeah, and also if you get usually a new item, it the, uh, the chest will appear and you yeah, you get right. from chest. So this was you, also kind of a like a it's throwing me off a bit, but I did enjoy it, but uh also that that weapon is one of the coolest weapons in the game and then also the the spinning top that you can mm-hmm. Beyond. Spinning gear thing, yeah, it's so good.
0: I love that. The, dual hook um, shots, baby. Yeah, dual oh, hook shots. Which they were just—they liked it so much. They're like, "Yeah, we're bringing the dual claw shots to Skyward Sword immediately Jesus after." Christ, uh, spoiler. spoiler, sorry, uh, but it comes back. Um, probably ruins the whole game for you. Son but of the gun. yeah, the the and the items I've seen in a lot of. It's really hard having consumed so much Zelda media and just immersed myself into this so much. Like I'm aware acutely of the of the discourse and the the heavy opinions out there something that gets brought up a lot is how people feel that the dungeon items don't get a ton of use outside of uh the dungeon that you find them in i think that's that can be the case for a lot of the series in general and i think there's actually more spots to use these things than than people make them out to be Um, and also they're so cool and creative, like the Dominion Rod, where you're mm. like controlling statues and, and using them to attack the spinner yep. that July named. Uh, yeah, it's great. And also, I would be remiss if I didn't comment on the, the ball of chain is just a it's a funny choice to make that the specific thing for the dungeon where you're dealing with a married couple.
2: Ah, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, me neither. Oh. i never thought about that's, that. I that's
3: suppose very clever.
2: Suppose because I don't think of my partner as a ball and chain. I think yeah. that attitude is uh, kind of toxic, Connor. And I'm actually kind of mad now. I usually it think of my partner as
1: sort of an equal.
2: <laughs> yeah, like a partner. Frankly,
1: yeah, like you know, it's okay. You guys
0: in your PC culture out here. Uh, yeah, and that and but that dungeon in general. That's not the only. That's probably the most subtle piece of humor in it. That's like the one time in the game where there's a ton. Well, there's humor throughout, but there's a ton of humor there. Like Yeti. The guy like pushes you over multiple times like when you're giving him the ingredients for the soup also oh, yeah you, very funny after you defeat the boss he does that too but that makes sense because that's very
1: funny yeah, I agree
0: that's funny. you're with me and then you know when they I'm embrace agreeing July, with you it's funny. I'm not doubting you Patrick's just really enjoying it. July do you remember what happens after the two yetis embrace?
1: Holy shit it's so funny. I'm thinking about it right now.
0: <laughs> okay, like, a bunch of I hearts
1: kick... a bunch of hearts come out of them.
0: Yes, including the heart piece. The heart piece, yeah. Patrick, I feel like you were about to say something.
2: No, I was just about to con- confirm that that is very funny. I really appreciate. There's also uh, intentionally
0: that.
1: funny you. parts in the game, like uh, when you're being told the the history of, of of the Twilight, and then you oh yes, you, you see sort of Link, but they're like the shadow people, and do mm-hmm. you, do you have their name?
0: connor dude, the name of these the interlopers the interlopers yeah right david and chuck right david and chuck <laughs> yeah it's david and chuck um yeah but, uh, the, but yeah
1: the facial expressions on like the wide-eyed link and mouths opening and it's like falling links in this dark
0: space it's
1: mm-hmm. it's very funny
0: yeah i don't know if i would describe it as that it seemed a little more off-putting and and uh harrowing to me Mm. but you know it's each their own i guess we have different comedic sensibilities yeah i just Um, find some some of that weird shit funny i guess july
2: you're twisted this is
1: (laughs) twisted i might (laughs) just have
0: twisted sense of humor gosh uh i want to stick with the dungeons for a little bit since we sort of dove in on snow peak sure um i've got a few that i really like uh i but i will say one i actually don't like I don't like the opening dungeon very much. I felt like it is so long and so uh I like the monkeys just, it, I don't dislike the monkeys but They're it felt funny. like they dragged that out so, that is, so that far. That's dark July. That is dark.
1: <laughs> yeah hey, I don't know I gotta say those monkeys are darn funny and some some may say that's
2: one of the darkest parts of the game is those monkeys.
0: Again, I, you two in this camaraderie.
2: I am uh, made a little bit uncomfortable by how, how hard the game seems to be shipping uh link with that first monkey who has like the flower in her hair. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, the, yes. the
2: game seems to be telling you that there's chemistry between them. And look, I don't know how old she is, but
0: it seems inappropriate. Ooh, watch yeah. out,
3: watch out, watch out. Definitely right, you, not BJ.
0: hundreds of years old for sure. Probably just in her like forties, I would guess. Um, yeah, uh yeah, any other dungeon highlights that any of you had oh, cuz I can I can close this out from let's, that part. Let's if, run, if let's nobody. run us
1: through the dungeons. So what do we so got? So there's the forest. Forest. Uh you said it was a little bit too long. Yeah, um, I thought it was too um, long. I think I long. agree. I think I agree with that. Um but I also think it does a good job of like I'm uh, just to steal with something that Jeremy always says that it's pretty it's a pretty easy dungeon. Uh, as per like the first dungeon in a Zelda game is, and it's pretty Mm -hmm.
0: straightforward. And, um, and that boomerang is fun to use. Yeah. It's a fun boomerang. The the Gale boomerang. It's a, it's a twist on an old favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Twist on an old favorite. Um, really funny, really, really hilarious boomerang. My, do I understand comedy? Is that, is that how you do it? You just no. Okay. You just Um, say that
2: something is funny.
0: Yes, Uh, a dungeon that I forgot. Two dungeons that I forgot that I, I mean, maybe I never liked them, but now I really like them. Are the the Elden Volcano? Well, Uh that might might not be the name, but the the Goron one, and then the mines, um, the the mines. Thank you, and with the magnetic boots, and then the Lakebed Temple. I thought those were both really, really solid opening dungeons. Um, And I was pleasantly surprised after not liking the first one so much. The uh, the Lakebed.
2: I, I didn't make it there in uh this uh playthrough of the game, which is to say that I did not do a playthrough so much as yes. I just played some of it. Um but the uh the Lake Bed Temple is the one where you are like turning the staircase inside mm-hmm. and like making the water levels uh raise and lower yes. by by twisting those. Yeah. That uh, I, I remember being stumped by that one a couple times. Yeah. Um and it being one of the more like genuinely puzzle challenging moments of the game.
1: Yeah, yes. that's
0: were you going to say something, July? I was just saying yes. Okay, great. Just agreeing. Uh, I was worried I interrupted you from no. f- a beautiful thought that was about to spring forth from your brain. I was just going to uh, say that there were parts in the dungeon that were funny to me, but go ahead. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I guess I'll just uh, spear on through. Yeah, Patrick, I I playing it this time, I think I've been stumped before. I didn't get stumped, but I was like appreciating the way that you have to... like. It's one of the few dungeons in this game that I felt you're actually poking and prodding around and like unlocking part of it to unlock more of it really felt to me sort of like something that i think a lot of the link to the past dungeons do really well which is not in this entire game these dungeons they don't funnel you you know just down one long corridor um they are generally sending you back into a main room and a a shocking amount of them um like a few times, but this one, even though you are doing that, I felt like there was enough uh, exploring you could do and things you had to, you know, you had to put together in your mind, as opposed to some of them, I think are, were a little more straightforward, but yeah, the design is great. I love the Temple of Time, and as much as, for me, it, this game is a little, leans a little heavy on the Ocarina um, adoration, I can't help it like s- that. I, I don't dislike it. I just think mm. it's a little heavy, um, right, right? In this one, um, but I'm telling I you, I think they're they're appealing to the fans with that all that stuff. Oh, I think there's some definite. Uh, it's there's a lot of fans. It's there. not,
1: It's not. It may not be clear to you, Connor, but they're sort of like tipping their hat a little bit to the fans. See, it's like no. a, wink
0: yeah. a, oh, it's a wink and a nod. A wink and a nod. Okay. Now that you say that, I get it. But what I was going to say. Was that all? That being all that being said, even though I, I, it was a little much for me. I couldn't help but be like, captured by walking into the Temple of Time through that gated door and then hearing the actual music from. Well, it's probably even a better version of the the Temple of Time chorus. It uh, was just so cool. Thought it was just fantastic.
2: The uh, the sound in this game isn't great. Um, like hmm. it it. <gasps> The, the fact that oh no, <laughs> I'm sorry, July oh just it's, passed out. Oh no, <laughs> Uh just that like it it it's using all the like sort of MIDI samples and stuff um, mm-hmm. that it doesn't sound as like kind of rich even as like Wind Waker, right? Like I, I feel like that game has a a more organic sounding, and maybe that maybe some of that's by design too, because like when you get into the the Twilight stuff, like then they get that kind of like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a
2: synth. i, I do yeah. not
1: like that when i because i played tough. it with headphones and anytime you're fighting any of those twilight monsters I, yeah it's just the. was
0: just it because it was awful. like disturbing or you like something you just you're like i just don't like the it was just
1: like i was laughing too much and i couldn't focus yeah. god okay. this guy so
0: twisted man you you're at it again july um Patrick brought this up earlier too, but uh as someone who loves a good a, a good volume of Zelda dungeons, this one has a lot. It's got the first 3 and then the last 4 to get the mirror shards and then I I think you could even consider potentially, I mean the Twilight Realm as one and maybe even the Hyrule Castle. Uh so there's a this is this gives you close to that link to the past volume which is pretty pretty good um i say that you know with majora being my favorite and that's only got four dungeons uh yeah but i think those dungeons are great the items are good um bosses do any bosses stick out to you maybe huge your life getting th- going through this for the first I time i think
1: that gigantic goron on the is that the boss or is that the mini boss it like,
0: might be the mini boss on the thing that tilts yeah that was really cool still though
1: yeah, I think I actually ha- prefer that one over the the boss in yeah, that dungeon. the
0: boss where who's like this Goron who's been like possessed that you have to like you pull the chain and then sh- or shoot him in the face and he's on fire. Yeah, but yeah. that yeah, that one where you have to roll into him is really fun.
1: Yeah, it it's very um Mario 64 uh yes, Bowser like Bowser, s- yeah.
0: slamming the ground to make it yeah. tilt. Yes. Totally, yeah absolutely uh, uh
1: that one's great and um i gotta say water temple When hated it water Temple.
2: oh really i like that a lot more uh, I had to, like grab on to them and I had like such a hard time around
1: i also i always have a hard time with the swimming mechanics in these games and like okay i gotta put the boots on the iron boots and then i gotta swim you know so i did have trouble with that one but um And
2: then, what do you like about that one, Patrick? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, It just feels like uh, I I I like it. Anything that has that like Shadow of the Colossus style, where you're climbing on the enemies, yeah, um, that's always fun to me. Uh, Oh yeah, the
1: The second part of the boss fight is great, but the initial part is okay. It's got all the tentacles, and you have to
0: find where the eye is coming out of.
1: Yeah, because you're, it it does a thing where it's like it throws other. Uh, enemies yeah. at you, I think, mm-hmm. and then little fishies. It, yeah, yeah, and then if you don't dodge, it's tentacle. It does that long animation of throwing
2: you in its oh, mouth, grabbing <laughs> you and throw, yeah. yeah, I guess I blocked that part out.
0: Yeah, I don't. I didn't experience it because you know I uh, did pretty well on that boss fight. But well, good for you. I was sort yeah, of yeah, thank you. Running um, through it for the first time. But that that boss is also. It's not. I don't dislike it, but it's one of those things where, like a lot of things in this game. The, the second part is really cool yeah. where you're claw shotting onto the back. But then it is just a matter of it's not a quick time event, but you are Feels just like sort it. of, yes, cinematically stabbing it. And that's licking just, the sword, stab, yeah. putting it in. Well, I didn't I don't know if I saw Link do that. Uh, no, no, he does. <laughs> go, go back and check the tape. Yeah, he does. The tape. darker yeah. than I thought. Uh, Patrick, uh, any do any bosses stick out to you? There's a bunch in this game.
2: Um, what I, I'm having a hard time remembering now what the boss is, uh, that you fight with the gear. All I remember is like oh, the setup where you're like going around yes. like the, the outside of a rules. circle and then the outside of like a pillar stall Lord. Um, yeah. The and first you're like stage, back he's
1: them. in the sand and you got to hit his bones and then Ooh, hit those bones. And his spine. It, yeah. He's yeah. like
0: sticking out of the sand and there's these like, uh, skull, soldier skeletons that are like blocking you when you're on the spinner. Yeah, and then he the second a big part of it. Head, right? Yeah. Yes,
3: yes. I remember that. Oh, PJ! <laughs> I remember something. <PJ's> <laughs> yeah,
0: that that that's the highlight, I think, of that boss. Where yeah. you're you're spinning around this uh, circular column in the room, but there's also spinner tracks on the outside circular part, and you're bouncing back and forth to dodge his like shots, and then you have to. Eventually, he just like goes really close to you, and you just jump into him, and then you just you hit the thing on his head. Um, that one is incredible.
2: It's one of those ideas. That's so cool where it's like, I could see a whole game based around like link, uh, you know, speeding through on tracks on the spinning gear thing.
0: Yeah. Um, it was fun that, I mean, this is off topic a little bit, but I did love finding the few spots in the world where you could use the spinner, um, and just try to like find this, like the heart piece or the stamp or whatever was at the end of those. But yeah, that, that boss is really great. I did like finding fighting. uh, Yetta was one of my favorite ones again in Snowpeak. Where and I and I love bosses with stages. I I hate when it's just the same thing throughout the whole time. Yeah. Um. A lot of two-stage bosses in this game, but she starts off as this like spinning icicle that's huge that you have to hit with the ball and chain, and then after that she like gets in this like encased like uh this I don't know what this is this like ice carrier and she shoots a bunch of icicles down at you, and you have to dodge her, but then destroy these things to hit her again. Um, really, really fun. Um, while we're on the subject, Final Boss has, like, four stages. Um, and yes. I thought they... July, the first time you were playing these... Well, Final Boss or Zant, who we talk about? I was thinking uh, the all the Ganon stuff. Okay, so we're going to skip over Zant? No, let's let's hit Zant while we're here. Uh, any thoughts about the Zant fight?
1: Well, uh, it's a little. I see what they were going for, but it's a little disappointing, in yeah. the sense of like, oh, okay, I see. I just gotta do exactly the same strategy as these other uh, bosses or it's mini like
0: bosses. A, it's it's like half a boss rush where Zant is playing like four of the bosses you've previously fought yes. before you actually fight him and whatever boss form he takes
1: yes um pretty cool but also again like it does feel at that point like oh, okay this I, all right um yeah you've done this exactly yeah we've, we've been here done that uh but then ganon i do I did so enjoy you it. you want to
0: spend more time on Zant? Felt like you really wanted to talk about Zant a little while okay, no,
1: did. I you
0: did make us go back to, <laughs> okay, to talk about Xant more.
1: So. Okay, let's see. What else can I say about Zant?
0: Um, maybe, maybe
2: you should check your notes.
0: Yeah, let me check my notes. Oh my gosh, he's doing it again. Um, well, before we get off the subject note. and hit Ganon's boss, I know we're not necessarily, let me haven't it. really been let me touching my, on story too much. Let me much. look at my notes. Is that, a, is that the manscaped thing? Is that, is that your Manscaped box July? Uh, um, yeah, it's my. Is that where uh, you keep
3: all your hair?
0: Oh no, that's your tails. It's my uh, tails chain. Inspired <laughs> Manscaped shaver. Incredible. Um, I think I'll, I don't have a ton to say about Xant. I'm sure we'll get on the story pretty soon, but um, with the boss fight, also story wise, I. Did find, end up finding myself this time more disappointed than before because it feels like we're setting up... I think this is a thing in a lot of the series, so what am I even saying? But it seems like they're setting up one big bad when it obviously ends up being Ganon. But we see Zant be super powerful early in this game. Like after the Lakebed Temple, he like knocks out one of the Spirits of Light. He basically kills Midna. And then when you go to fight him, he's... I mean, he's kind. Of, he's not a pushover. You have to get through a t- semi-tough battle, but it feels like it was a little bit of a letdown. I agree. Which, which also, I felt that way about the story and and all the Twilight stuff that they sort of set up in some ways. Sure, Patrick. Anything you do? You have any thoughts about that? I I mean, just
2: in terms of like the uh, like overall story being mm-hmm. a little bit disappointing, and like I, I agree with that, but I think that the character interactions that like spring up around it and what it just like how it informs who Midna is. yes um that that is that makes it worth it like there, there's something about almost all zelda lore where like every single one of these games i feel like there's shit i don't understand yeah right? like they're, they're throwing around like the names of gods and stuff and i'm like okay yeah um and uh just sort of uh accepting the fact that what I find interesting about it is the people that have to live in that world. Um, that yeah. have to, you know, live through a war between the, the twilight realm and the rest of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not be able to wrap my head around it, but just knowing that the characters suffer from it is enough for me.
0: Yeah. I, and I came away from this, uh, you know, and I do agree that like, the character stuff that pops up is so great, especially all of, all of the Midna stuff is really powerful. And, um, This time I actually came to understand more about the story than I previously retained ever. Um, It seemed to me that the story that we're told about the Twilight is that they are people who were banished from Hyrule for doing bad deeds or like evil evil things. And so they are – that's who Midna ends up ruling over. Um, And so there's this really dark sort of – Questioning that I found of like, how dignified is Hyrule in the kingdom if they are the people, you know, making these big choices about a whole group of people and and sort of banishing them to this realm that they eventually send Ganon to and he corrupts it <laughs> even more. Um, so the Twilight stuff, while I came to understand it even more and appreciate it, I still wish I don't know. I felt uh, a little. I was wanting just a little Mm -hmm. bit, Um, but I didn't expect. Yeah, go ahead. It
2: it, it seems like enough mythology to be fleshed out in, well, this is something the Zelda games do, right? Where it's like, um, no, no, in this Zelda game, we're going to have our whole, it's a, it's a complete separate world and like these kingdoms with histories and stuff. And then when we do a sequel, it's going to be different, uh, a different kingdom by the same name with different rules and different people and stuff um, that like, you always want to have a firmer
0: grasp on yeah. the on the world than, than you than the game ever lets you. Absolutely. And and it it makes me ask questions like, well, if the Twilight are this alternate realm, then what the hell is Low Rule in Link Between Worlds? Like are they the same thing? And yeah, it's just like, oh, we weren't meant to have a Zelda timeline. Let's just, for the most part, <laughs> and and you enjoy thank you these for bringing it up. Things. Where does this game fall on the timeline, Connor? This is in the, uh, the like child link Majora timeline. So mm-hmm. it's after he's sent back and then has the Majora, um, interactions. I think there's also like a four swords and in the Minish cap is in this timeline mm-hmm. as well. Um, but you, you sort wait, of, wait,
2: really? I thought, I thought Minish cap was, uh, pre, uh, oh, pre splintering
0: of the timeline. I think you're right. I think I was just like, oh, that still, it's like still part of it for whatever it is but <laughs> yeah. it is part of all of them just like Skyward Sword right that that's a good thank you patrick uh that's a good point um but let's get well, i'm want to just jump back to ganon real quick even though I sort of sidetracked us with the story um this ganon is really interesting because this is while we always have like a different link in a zelda for most of the games this is supposed to be the same ganon as far as i could discern from ocarina um mm-hmm. just it's just he hasn't gone through all the adult the adult timeline stuff right because they have gone back and basically banished him before he could do all of that uh and so I, I, I
3: mean i yeah, have played ocarina i do remember the Ganon stuff like that's my fondest memory like climbing up the tower using all the weapons to get up there and then having this big Epic battle in what looked like some kind of cathedral or something. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I remember, like room, uh, right? what's that? It's oh like yeah. Throne the throne room, room. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you have to fight Zelda a la Meryl from metal gear solid one. Oh um, yeah. But I do remember <laughs> like my first experience with Ganon. I was like, Oh shit. Like I've never, I never knew there was like a main antagonist to Zelda games because my only experience was um, uh, Link's Awakening. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just going after this big ass egg in that game. (laughs) And it's like this Um,
0: nebulous nightmare in that game. Like it
3: it felt like I'm fighting Darth Vader right now. And that felt so fucking cool to me. I felt like luke skywalker versus darth vader and so that was one of my fondest memories that final battle between them Mm -hmm. So it really felt like the end all be all but i didn't realize this was part of like this giant timeline uh that all my friends have experienced but me
0: yeah well sorry that that
2: would have been uh pre our understanding of the timeline right
3: i guess so maybe like nostalgia then i mean yeah yeah like Cause isn't don't you do something similar at the end of Ocarina of Time? Like you climb up the tower as well, and you have a big battle. Yeah, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the, the
2: the actual fight in uh, Twilight Princess is way more involved. Like, um, you know the uh the uh Meryl shout out notwithstanding, you do that yeah. same sort of like volley with um you know the magic bolts being thrown at you. You do yeah. that in in Ocarina, um, and then you kind of skip right to a. Um, just fighting against the like boar version of, of Ganon, which is mostly about using not the master sword to hit him in the tail. Like that's most of what that fight ends up being. Um, but in Twilight Princess, the, like how, how many stages are there to that fight? Connie? you said like four or five.
0: Yeah, there's four. So there's the one, the Zelda one you talked about where he Mm -hmm. possesses Zelda. There's the boar version where you're Wolf Link and tossing him aside with Midna's hair, um, which is, all, which is I love the hand that her hair becomes all the time. Mm-hmm. There's the horseback sequence where you have to chase him around, Zelda's with you, and you have to, like... This is after he, like, I mean, for all you know, kills Midna. It's hard to tell at the time. And then she shoots him with light arrows, and you slice him, and then you have, a like, a sword duel after that. Yeah, so... Um,
2: yeah that's epic as shit that's very cool
0: yeah july coming from hello being very hey buddy what's up uh, (laughs) being well i have a question for you as it turns out how's it going Um, all right i'm just gonna power through um you being a big ocarina of time fan probably having played that last uh battle a handful of times if not many times yeah uh, any thoughts on on this one and how there are you know more stages and it's even more epic and any any thoughts from you on that
1: well yeah like patrick just mentioned uh that was very cool to have that moment where you're lobbying back the magic spell against uh the puppet zelda yes which is again very reminiscent of the first stage of gan fighting ganondorf in ocarina of time um yeah, and then I did. Was it was a little confused this uh, playthrough with um I didn't I didn't realize y- you had to uh, grab in the second stage and toss Ganon. Yes, uh, because there is a part of that uh, battle where you're shooting arrows at the sort of like diamond in, mm. in his face at oh, first. Oh yeah. Uh, so I thought I still had to keep doing that, but then. You know, Midna chimes in and says, yeah, "Maybe you should uh, toss him over like a, you know, like back at the ranch, like you did sixty yeah. gameplay hours Remember, ago. Like sixty
0: hours ago when you did that." Here's a flashback to you kicking the shit out of some goats.
1: Yeah, um, uh, horseback was by this point in the game. I was a master at horseback, not woo. like in the beginning when I was having trouble. Uh, that was pretty cool and then yeah uh, this this final sword battle is very epic and everything that I wanted uh, in a Zelda uh, a final battle sort sort of skirmish uh, yeah and then, and the way he ultimately gets that final uh, sword blow and uh, with the hop and that very cinematic. Scene of him just standing up, dying with the sword sticking out, standing. Uh, And then again, I I was a little bit confused about this. I did have to look up some stuff, but we see sort of a vision of Zant cracking his neck, and then that's when Ganon ultimately dies. Yeah. Yeah, so you I see was, like a
0: vision of Zant, and he, yeah. it he like snaps his neck to the side and then so does Ganon and his eyes go white. Yes. What did you learn about that?
1: Well, I initially thought that, oh, is Zant killing him somehow
0: mm-hmm.
1: by doing that? But there were some stuff online that was saying, like, oh, well, that's sort of, um, uh, for the viewer it's it's showing us another way like this is truly ganon's end you know okay. like he, once ganon's gone zant's gone okay. but they just showed it in in a reverse uh, order i guess
0: that's that's a little that's confu- a little confusing yeah but so
1: but i don't know
0: i don't know what yeah well he uh, one way i was sort of thinking of it was you know the sages at, at a certain point you learn after the um arbiter's Grounds temple, when you get the first mirror shard, you learn that the sages uh, had eventually, after Ganon like kills a sage in this cutscene, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, he they banish him to the Twilight Realm, which is how Zant discovers Ganon because Zant has been like cast out from Midna and the Twilight Royal Family. So he sort of takes Ganon on as this uh, sort of like a Quirrell Voldemort style like taking on like he they sort of share powers but he becomes even further corrupted um, I sort of I guess I was thinking that that had something to do with you know Zant was also gone but Ganon wouldn't have any more power to like hang on to because I don't know it was I was also confused Patrick you, any any clarification you think you can do for us here no not, okay none. cool it's a mystery Great. we all have to live in it yes it is um uh Talking about Zant, uh, I did was pretty like freaked out by him for most of the game. I already expressed my, you know, minor disappointment on his end and where we leave off with that. But I also did really enjoy some of the other characters in this game. We've talked about Mallow, the little baby child Mm -hmm. in diapers like all of us. Um, I sort of like the I don't think they're called the Renegades, but that like band of uh, like rebels that you team up with with telma yeah i thought that was really fun and i like oh, yeah. their design i like that each of them sort of led you to a m- mirror of twilight um russell being one of them like russell has this golden cuckoo <laughs> that leads you to the uh temple of time Ooh. um
2: uh, on on the subject of 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 cucko's uh the uko's the these oh, strange yes. face chickens um, with uh, their their saggy breasts and enormous nipples, <laughs> disturbingly um, really hilarious. Yes, this. I mean, they're they're another like pillar of this game's design. Where I'm just like, yep, that's someone knew exactly what this game was when they made a chicken with a dead eyed stare
0: and a human face, and then another little head that follows it around. Yeah, um, it's God. They're upsetting. They use it as a tool, obviously, to warp uh out of dungeons and i think to a specific spot in a dungeon yeah but then they get their whole this whole moment in the city in the sky where it's apparently where they lived and you you see a bunch of them and you use them to fly around And again i don't like the
1: skyward sword talk but it is
0: a little tip of the hat to skyward sword i believe i did make me think like were they already working on that game when they developed this dungeon or are they just was that just a huge coincidence and i think i landed with coincidence but it's hard to say Um, Also, I've yet to comment on it yet, but July, I love your Malomart background. It looks fantastic. Thank you. Um, I do love when you walk in, everyone's dancing. The music's so good, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of which, I I generally do like the music a lot in this game. Also not my favorite, but (gasps) there's some really standout songs. Like, even just the opening and the opening title scene, uh, before you even press start on the controller... It's yeah. such it really I feel like prepares you for what a journey you're going to go on. Um in this.
2: Yeah, I, I do feel like the the game has a weird relationship to its like diegetic character or like player created music. Um yeah. that like it's coming on the heels of um Ocarina and Majora's, uh where like Link is playing actual instruments to like make um, you know, music happen mm-hmm. or the Wind Waker and Wind Waker. Um,
0: and then in this, it's like okay. Sometimes you're howling, sort of a tune, and sometimes um, like just directly songs from other games in the series. Yeah, it just
2: it, it, it never feels like Link is actually playing music. It's yeah. just like from time to time, the the wolf howls, uh, sort of like you know the the song of time or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was another little theory thing that I ran across online of those songs that wolf link is howling to get the attention of the, the golden wolf which ultimately is the spirit of the previous link those are all songs that that link knew from their timeline so maybe yeah. that's the connection there or it's just fan service yeah it, could it can be, be, both. Could be yeah, both it can be both
0: it can be cheap A. and meaningful at the same time yeah. Hey, that's sto- that's the Connor McCabe story right there, my friends. Cheap and meaningful. Um, uh, yeah, those, it, it is funny, July. That could be the case. Like they play, I think, like, there's some Majora's Mask songs in there. There's yeah. some Ocarina songs. So, um, yeah, I like Midna's Lament is, is like one of the standouts from this game. I sort of noticed when I was on my way and I realized this is, this permeates through other parts of the game. Um, on my way to Snow Peak in the snowy area, there's like hints of midness lament that they sort of build into that theme. Mm. It's and it's not everywhere, but I did did enjoy that. Um, the side content in this game, don't know if you dove into it much July or if you ever if you've done much of it, Patrick. I felt like overall, I was really happy to have a lot to do. I think that personally there seemed to be more quantity over quality. But yeah,
2: I don't, I don't ever
0: want to catch bug. <laughs> yeah, I actually did it this time. I did. What? I almost caught all of them for that little bug girl.
1: I did it. This I did it. I it, collected them all. I I missed Whoa. it the first time though. I did not realize you can collect bugs at all. Oh, just interesting.
0: You can. You don't need them to do anything in the game. Uh, just to get that wallet, the
1: bigger wallet. Yeah.
0: I I just got the thousand rupee wallet. Yeah. Um. There's Way more heart pieces in this game. Got them I all. Think, well,
2: you need five to get the extra heart instead of four, which is traditional. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: I think Did not like coming, that. coming no. back to it, I was, I, I, I remembered that and I was like, oh, I got to get fifth one, mm-hmm. but they do sprinkle, you do find way more. So it feels like you're finding more substantial upgrades and items more often in the game. Like there's almost two in every temple, which you never find pieces of heart and temple and temples in most of right, these games, right. i want to say um so yeah a lot of it for me ended up being like uh fun and i was glad to have side stuff to do but wasn't like peak of the series um the the only other thing i really wanted to talk about is the cats is the well honestly yes. the kitties and doggies and you this can game. pick them up
2: you can pet them We, well, you can pet the goats my god oh. yes
0: do you ever try to – I tried several times to, uh, you know, walk out of a screen a uh, holding an animal. Like you pick up a doggy huh? or a kitty and you try to leave with them and then they're obviously not with you. But I, yeah, I yeah. really tried to get you. away. <laughs> um, well, what I really wanted to talk about was uh, we've touched on the story a little bit. But it seemed to me like they almost had – and I'm not, I'm not even complaining about the Twilight stuff and the Ganon and Zant stuff. That's its own thing. I generally – did come to like that more the Ilya stuff and this like did you find that weird at all july it felt like to me they wanted to tack on this romance story with her
1: i thought that was going to be the like a uh you know it was going to carry on through the end and it almost is a little bit dropped by the end right
0: yeah because you begin your story is like you're trying to save her from King Boblin and, and the kids and all of them. And then she, you know. But she suddenly,
2: only cares about your damn horse. She doesn't care about you at all. She's like, true. you're running this horse too hard. Can't you see
0: that she's hurt? And you're like, no. Yeah, she's the strongest animal I've ever seen. She's well fed and she's rested. Fine. She's fine. Uh, but they basically, it feels like they really set her up to not just be a romantic interest, but to be, at the beginning, it is your main goal and I understand the main goals change a lot in games and stories but it they also continue to string you along with that and like eventually bringing her memory back later it was probably my least favorite part was all of the Ilya stuff
1: I Um, thought it was going to be like Wind Waker where you find out she's actually Zelda or something
0: (laughs) oh gotcha I mean I see where why you would have thought that for sure
2: Yeah. I I wonder if that was the plan and then they chickened out or or something. Cause like maybe that, that does make, they do set her up to like be someone Mm -hmm. and then sideline her with amnesia like halfway through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange. I mean, I'm, I'm, what part of me is like, well, did we even need that village? Did we even need this story? The story, maybe the Ilya stuff, Maybe less so, but I do like the richness of the village and the whole world, and it really feels f- far more full and lively than Ocarina did and this game I mean this game if for all for the mu- faults that it does have, it's the same faults that like every Zelda game seemingly has and it's overall, I felt like it was pretty dang fantastic and such a fun like I had such a good time playing this game uh, um
2: can. Can, can we talk a, a little bit about the, because uh, uh, it sounds like you're wrapping up, but I just wanted to uh, to, to touch on the, um, the uh, is, is it called the Cave of Trials? Oh, the Cave um, the, of the,
0: Ordeals,
2: the, yes. The Cave of Ordeals, that is, uh, uh, appears in the original game, but is sort of like expounded upon in the Wii U um, release. Yeah. Uh, where you can go through this thing as the Wolf Link, and depending on how many hearts you get through it with, um, you can scan that onto your Wolf Link amiibo, which then you can bring into Breath of oh, the yes. Wild um, with that number of hearts. So, like, depending on how many hearts you've collected throughout the game and how many, like, how few hits you take during um, the uh, Cave of Ordeals, that determines how strong your wolf companion is in Breath of the Wild. That's, how does it? How does it do that? (laughs) It just, it just reads, it just, it writes information on there. It says 18 hearts. And then that's uh, how, how strong he is when he comes into Breath of the Wild. Did you use that ever? Yeah, it's super fun. That's Um, awesome. Having a, uh, a wolf that just like goes super hard on all the enemies that you encounter in Breath of the Wild is
0: awesome. That's, I, I, I need to actually open my little box and do that because that sounds like uh, something worth exploring for sure um yeah any any final thoughts as we sort of uh wrap up on maybe some final feelings and thoughts about this game i know that peege it's been a long time since you played it but any anything that you took away from just thinking about this game recently
3: yeah, it was a good jog down Memory Lane and that jog didn't have a lot of memories in it. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> half the stuff and like some of the stuff I was kinda like, like yeah, trying yeah. to remember I was like, "Wait, I think this is, I'm mem- I think I'm remembering Breath of the Wild instead
0: because I played that
3: more recently." But um kind of makes me want to go back and play all the old Zelda games. Uh, now that, you know, I realize that there's a huge overarching timeline between them, but also We've part of me, job. part of me doesn't want to do that <laughs> because <laughs> it is too involved and I'm 33. Yeah. I should be living my life instead of figuring no. out how many links there are in existence.
0: No, <laughs> no, screw your life, man. Play Zelda, play Zelda until the time, <laughs> screw until time your ends.
3: life, man.
0: Connor, who's the real Edge Lord now? Yeah, no, it's, I guess, the turntables have turned today, and it's me. (laughs) Man. Um, Those turntables have
3: indeed turned.
0: Yes, well, PJ, thank you for joining us on this. We'll have you, I don't even know if you even have plugs, but we'll have you plug stuff on your way out. Uh, July, as a first-timer to actually seeing this through, how do you feel about the game being a uh, seasoned veteran and someone who's played a lot of the series this year? I think it's probably the funniest game in the series so far. (laughs) okay um
1: i do want to mention i think um i want to mention that the one of the getting one of the heart pieces is uh racing the yetis and that was snowboarding yeah and that was like oh this is this that whole mechanic was like oh this i kind of see where you know they got the idea in breath of the wild to sort of do the shield surfing shield surf yeah which is cool and uh but I gotta say, that was just pure awful, like one of the hardest things in the game. Uh, racing, uh, uh the wife of the Yeti.
0: She's good, yeah, dude. She's too good. She's, she's too, too good. good. She's too
1: fast. Um, that's, I spent maybe half an hour trying to get that. And it, it was it worth it? Probably not, but, um. It's tough. It was tough. Uh, but overall, yeah. I love the game and, um, uh, Zant like we mentioned was you know you want to talk about Zant some more? I want to talk about Zant some more. <laughs> I wish maybe again yeah the boss battle was maybe a little more I don't know it didn't live up to what this uh, mysterious mystique of this cool character that you don't really know much about and it seems like he's running the show but then ultimately it is Ganon um, uh, so that was a little disappointing
2: but but Zant, Zant's got those sleeves, though. I know oh, those, those sleeves,
1: sleeves are so cool, and then the way In he like helmet. He, the way he's like he throws his sleeves around. It's pretty. Yeah. Cool. yeah, it's good.
0: It's good. It's good. He does his helmet looks like like where his chin is that you eventually get to see, and he's got those like scary jagged teeth. Yeah, his helmet that part I've always thought just it almost looks like two balls, just two nuts hanging right where his bottom of his face could be. Connor, so that's my I think big you takeaway. Should, I think you should see a doctor. Okay. Uh, now they look exactly like everyone's nuts, right? Mm. Right, guys? <laughs> Didn't have that thought uh, at all, truthfully. Okay. But, that uh, was worth like, interrupting July Let me four. check in my diaper.
1: <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, this is definitely up there for me and the whole series. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I can see myself playing this
0: again. It was a lot of fun. Awesome, thank you. And uh, Patrick Ellers. Uh, lasting thoughts about Twilight Princess. Uh, what do you feel like sharing on your way out um, uh, about this game? Kind of just two things. Um yeah. One
2: is that uh, the we we, we didn't uh, appro- approach it organically, so I'm just going to jam it in here, please. Um, that I, I I really like when the game makes you teleport giant things all across the map yes. um, where it's like you move a piece of a bridge or you bring some volcanic rock into like a, an, an, icy area to like thaw it out. Um, that's so, and you just like, you encounter those pieces as you're walking through the world, yeah. um, uh, normally. And it's just a, a fun way to like transform the environment as you're interacting with it. Uh, and I, I like that a lot. That's cool. Um, and then the other thing is, we talked about the enduring legacy of Twilight Princess and therefore um, Link's crossbow training, but we didn't talk about um, my Nintendo uh, Picross Twilight Princess. How could I be so foolish? Um, this is this is a Picross game that's available on the 3DS. You cannot pay money for it; you have to pay uh, for it with like gold points on 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 my Nintendo. And it's just a really great version of Picross with
0: Zelda-themed puzzles. Oh. Ah feel like I'm opening up my 3DS later to see how many points I've got on that old account. Well, Gosh. since it's gold, since it's gold points,
2: you can like earn them by going to the Luigi's mansion three, um, site and like clicking on
0: ghosts or something. Oh, well, <laughs> looks like I got my weekend plans. That's right. Um, uh, well, thank you for reminding us of those, but do you have any, do you have any lasting thoughts mm-hmm. that you'd like to leave us with? Um, just about the game in general?
2: Uh, no, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think July summed it up pretty well that like, uh, it's, uh, I I also consider it like a top tier Zelda experience. Yeah. I feel like it it delivers on um what a 3D Zelda can be, and even if it is uh sort of rehashing a lot of the kind of beats and structure from um, Ocarina, um that it is just weird enough and ugly enough to feel like its own uh its own force and its own like thing within Zelda.
0: Yeah, it definitely has its own. I mean, like most, I feel like the most successful ones do has its own identity and it's very clear and I think overall it is pretty successful at setting out to do uh, at doing what they set out to do um, and yeah this was a, when I played it I think like every time I play a Zelda game for the first time except maybe some of the first ones I played this year for like Oracle of Ages and the OG as much as I liked them I was like oh this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me I love this game this is the best game I've ever played so I'll definitely keep replaying it. I love this HD version. And um, oh, yeah.
1: there's the we didn't even really mention the sword techniques are so cool. Like, oh my god, the one gosh. you learn
0: where you fly over the helm head, splitter. The helm splitter. I used the shield bash and helm splitter so much this time Same. around. It was like my back pocket trick if other stuff wasn't working. Yeah. So good. And then I um, like
1: in theory the one where you put your sword away and you kind of just are sort of standing near oh, the yeah. enemy and then you
0: kind of fatal draw yeah the draw i didn't use it once <laughs> i didn't use it one time um i was probably too chicken i was just like no they're gonna kill me they're, they're, they're good
1: against uh, the dark nuts
0: oh really yeah dang well well thank you for not letting us forget that and thank you three and our listeners for joining us you're welcome uh, for uh thank you so much july um, for the legend of Zelda games club talking today. Oh, that Patrick, thank you so much. There you are, uh, about the legend of Zelda. You are so welcome. PJ, you are just the sweetest boy that I know,
3: man, Uh, man. I'm a man.
0: Okay. Sweet man. Boy. Um, okay. Well, let's not talk about how old we are. Yeah, let's not, uh, except July. Tell us now. Um, Let's go ahead and plug nope. stuff on our way out. Um, July Diaz, where can people find you? What do you want people to know? About?
1: Um, You cannot find me online. Um, don't try That's to. I'm I very feel like out. you can. I'm a very busy man uh, playing all these Zelda games and uh, uh, hoping that Connor will invite me to talk to about them. And this time I was invited. Wow. So, hey. Very lucky. I was very lucky.
0: No Twitter, no podcast that you feel like plugging today? Nope. Okay. Uh, Patrick John McCormick, (laughs) a.k.a. PJ.
3: Do you have anything Uh, you want to plug, mister? Well, first of all, thank you for letting me listen in. It was like a a live listen (laughs) to a podcast. And every time I got to chime in, everyone got to stop and and actually uh, respond to what I said, which is uh, very cool. Um, But yeah, I do have something to plug Comedy Co-op It's a new theater that we are opening in Los Angeles Um, We are starting an Indiegogo campaign pretty soon I'm on the steering committee And our intention is to get performers paid For the effort they put into making comedy for you So be on the lookout for the Indiegogo campaign
0: An an audacious goal And one that might be Proved to be more realistic than we thought previ- or ever told previously.
3: Uh, let's try it. Let's try well, letting people get paid.
0: Let's try. Well, PJ, so good to talk uh, talk to you and talk at you. Um, <laughs> really glad to have you on. And then uh, Patrick Ellers, where can people find you and what do you want people to know about?
2: Uh, I mean, we've already said the name of my podcast a bunch of times. Uh, check out the Nintendo Cartridge Society. It's two episodes a week. One that's news and the, the other that's nonsense. Um, you know, where we'll rank the Koopa kids or you know, talk about which is the uh the best outfit in Super Mario Odyssey. Um for for
0: two, two, three hours? Total? It was a little it was a little over three hours. It was a two-parter, yeah. It was fantastic episodes. Well, thank thank you, Connor. Yeah, check out Nintendo Cartridge Society. Awesome. And uh yeah, thank you uh f- of course to our patrons uh for uh supporting us at Super NPC. Radio. Um, if you are listening to this in the future and you had a good time today and you want to support us because uh, we're going to be doing more stuff than just this than ju- just this Zelda Games Club, um, you can find us at patreon.com supernpcradio You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe and then check out my podcast, Call Me By Your Game. It's where I sit down with someone and talk to them about an impactful game from their past. That'll do it for this episode. I actually have uh, something the- to plug. Oh, yeah? July, go ahead. Oh. Oh. oh.